and welcome to Rusted Junk, where we are looking at the 1983 film Blue Thunder, starring Roy Scheider, Warren Oates, Candy Clark, Daniel Stern, and Malcolm McDowell. Anyway, here's the trailer. What brings you to air support? Kind of like the idea of it. No guns, no kicking in doors, and, you know, just quiet. Oh, yeah. For Frank Murphy, policing the air has its ups. Awesome air support. And downs. You got a runaway. just wanted to say, sir, that that was my fault. I talked Murphy into taking us there. You're supposed to be stupid, son. Don't abuse the privilege. Roy Scheider is Frank Murphy, a lone wolf. Freeze! Bozo, how many regulars come in the front door with a key? Who's about to become a guinea pig. I thought it was illegal to arm police helicopters. Well, that would depend on the circumstances, wouldn't it? Columbia Pictures presents Blue Thunder. Flying arsenal that hears through walls, sees in the dark, and thinks your thoughts. Wherever you look, the guns follow. It was designed for war-torn countries. One civilian dead for every ten terrorists. That's an acceptable ratio. Unless you're one of the civilians. It was assigned to American cities. You're talking about crowd control from the air? That's what this special detail is all about. They told Murphy to test it. They didn't tell him what it was for. Dozen of these coppers and you could run the whole damn country. Who was behind it? Where are we? Federal building. Really? Hey, you want to find out what's going on in there? I certainly do. Hey, you gotta do me a favor. I want you to pick up a package for me. Why they chose him. He's totally unsuitable for our purpose. Don't stop for anything or anybody. For why they changed their minds. I never saw this guy before in my life. Come on, let's go. Well, not so fast. That's government's property. Give me that. But when Murphy went looking for answers, you got all this on tape. I got every word of it. If it gets back to me, I'll deny it. The answer uh -oh, uh -oh. came looking for him. They had the ultimate weapon and the perfect plan. But Murphy stole their thunder. I think you'd want your money back if you saw that trailer, because it starts Why? out with, well, no, the, I, I do like the trailer. I do, I do like it. But I think you'd want your money back if you went, uh, do you know what? Being Frank Murphy has its ups, life's ups and downs, you know? <laughs> sort of a good, and I'm kind of like, is this comedy at the start? It's like, a, oh, Frank, not again. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, the trailer told you a lot of things. So if you are listening on on you know, Spotify, um, Apple, whatever, then and you're not on YouTube, then you just haven't had a 
large portion of the film's potentially spoilt for you. Um, but that's fine, because I think most of our listeners are on audio. So welcome to you all. Anyway, we do love you all. Hello. Um, I'm excited about this, I've got to say. Um, I'm excited because I thought I knew your reaction. I, 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 I've said a score to Joe. And I don't know if I'm going to be wildly out or if it's out, if I'm going to be right. Um, for those that have just tuned in, we never discuss it afterwards. I think I might get a raised eyebrow um, or something like that if it's something that she doesn't like. Um, don't forget how the duck was above average. Um, but, you know, we're in the sort of, this is, this is the way we play. It. And I would love you love you to kick things off because we're going to change things around in this podcast um, and it'll become clear we're going to try some new stuff but i am dying to know what you thought of blue thunder please please take the floor well i have not seen this movie before um <laughs> had, you, had you heard of it only because of you <laughs> naturally yes um and and the fact that you used to watch the um the tv series i did um yeah Uh, what do i think of the film oh it's okay it was more um engaging than i thought it would be were you not looking forward to it i was i was okay but i had high, high hopes for it oh okay and it didn't really deliver. Oof. Sorry. Tough. So what would the score be then? Um, well, I'm afraid I've got to give it a five. <laughs> okay. Joe. Joe was wildly out. Okay. Right. Five. Mm. I wouldn't want to watch it again. Oh, what? No. <laughs> oh my goodness! I've seen it once. I've seen enough. And... You want to watch it again? Why? Why? Why wouldn't you want to watch it again? <sighs> just. It's just. Well, I, 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 maybe you I'll explain. It's not exactly difficult to kind of get to the point and realize that there's some kind of conspiracy or something going on. Well. Actually, that's probably one of the things that I would question of whether or not you would think things are going on. And, and I'll get to that when we talk about the film. But, okay, all right. Wow. Well, in complete contrast to that. Oh, God, you're going to give it a nine? Or I am going to give it a nine. Oh, no, I'm going to give it a nine. nine. It is a nine. It's not a nine. It's a nine for so many reasons. It is. Oh, God. It's a nine. I can't believe you're doing this. Why? It's not a nine. It's a nine. Oh. It's a nine right. for quite a We're lot gonna, of reasons. You're going to have to justify why you think it's a nine, because it right. really isn't a nine. Right. Okay. First of all, way ahead of its time. And I mean way ahead of its time. In a crowded field full of, and, you know, I was going to save this to later, but I might as well do it now, super machines. You had on in the movies Firefox with Clint Eastwood, which is a Russian, it's a political thriller that has a flying superplane in it. Mm. Um, Night Rider, Street Hawk, 
Auto Man, um, Airwolf, which came after this. But I'm afraid that all of them, uh, apart from Firefox, which was 82, what came afterwards? So Blue Thunder is a it's a precursor. It's a it's a it's a show. It's a forerunner. Um, it takes a concept. I think it's extremely well shot. I think the stunts are outstanding. That they, they didn't they didn't lazily rely upon you know green screens or you know as as much. There were some that did have the projected cop some of the cockpit shots between um, mm-hmm. Lyman Good and Murphy, but. Every, you know, good, solid, heavyweight actors in there. They're not. If you if you go and watch Firefox, some of the effects in Firefox are shockingly bad, and I mean shockingly bad. I must if, say, I was impressed with the stunts, especially yeah, okay. like flying under the bridges and things. Absolutely. So instead of taking the easy way out, they actually perform stunts. They actually, you know, it, it, it's just great. Next of all, you've got the cast, which I talked about, some heavyweights in there. You have got Roy Scheider. You have got Warren Oates, Sergeant Hulker from, uh, we'll get to him, uh, from Stripes, so obviously a favourite for me. But you've got in there Malcolm McDowell, who's played Caligula, and he's played, he was in A Clockwork Orange. You know, I mean, he was in If, you know, he's in these films before he was in Blue Thunder. He plays a great part. You've got all he's the th- colonel, is he? He's um, Cochrane, the bad guy. Yeah, the Colonel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just for just for what it is at the time, when it when it could be a sensationalist. Oh, look what this chopper can do now! Oh, look what this helicopter can do! And oh, it can do all this. It leaves it all. It leaves it all guessing until it actually has has to show you a Transformers movie. This this isn't. It doesn't come out and go look at all these gadgets. It you, you see them subtly rather than, oh, I need to press every button in this to show the audience what it can do. You don't see everything. Spoiler alert, you don't see everything that Blue Thunder can do because I've been lucky enough to be, well, as close as probably I am to you because you're sat downstairs, to Blue Thunder, that I could nearly reach out and touch it. And that was on the Disney, um, uh, the Batlock tour. Uh, is this Florida. is this why you've given it such a high score? Because you've no, got no, because a, a lot of, No, because there's a lot of things... There's a lot of things that build up to that. You watch it and then you see it and then you enjoy it and you go back to a repeat. You can mm. tell this is the same director as War Games. And equally, I loved War Games. And, and it's a product it. of its time. Mm. But this is a product of its time and it's a forerunner. And for that reason, I wholeheartedly give it a nine. You still haven't convinced me. Sorry. Well, I mean, we'll get to that <laughs> when we get to the, you know, describing the film and we'll get to some of the some of the things. But Wow. Wow. Roy Scheider. Please. He does play a good part. Please. He plays a great part. Quite well. Yeah. And I was quite impressed with what's the rookie's name? Uh, Lyman Good, Jaffo. Yeah. What's his act? What's the actor? Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Daniel, not Daniel San. Daniel Stern. Yeah. Daniel Stern. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, yes. Go on. The, The guy out of Home Alone. That's right. Yeah. You're almost, we're almost seamlessly going into roll call. We might not need the jingle at this point, but yeah, go on. <laughs> well, I thought he actually acted very well. Obviously yeah, in Home Alone, he's very typecast and plays a very shallow kind of character because it's all about the funny bits in the movie, isn't it? It's you not can't about say something's typecast no, because 
typecast is when they continually play it. It's just it played Marv. <laughs> just... Well, he did, yeah. yeah. But um, it's uh, I haven't seen him in anything else. Oh, okay. oh, hang on, was he yes. in? We have Leviathan? done. We have we have covered another of his films. Yes, was he in Leviathan? He was in Leviathan. Yes. Yeah. So I've seen him in another it's film. Six pack in Leviathan. Yes. Yeah. So you know, as far as his acting goes, I think it's better, <laughs> but it's I still can't give it more than the five. Well, shocked, shocked. He says, but do you know what? Let's get let's go into let's go into roll call, and then we'll okay. show you how we're going to shake things up a little bit. All right, because we we'll get there, and I'll describe it. Trust me, it'll all be good. Anyway, here we go. Roll call. Roll call. Roy Schneider. Now, I can't remember what he's been in. Oh, really? No. It was a film in the 70s or something. Nothing to do with the uh, Funko Pops behind you. <gasps> shark! Shark! All right. <laughs> For those not watching on YouTube, yeah, it's all look. Why don't you go on YouTube and see, check it out? I've got Sports Almanac, Back to the Future. I've got some memories of sweets behind me. But it's my birthday tomorrow, so I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I get some new stuff to put up there, but I'm not so sure. I don't know. I might have to click the click the ones that I looked on on eBay. Um, yeah, you enter your new decade tomorrow. Yes, thank you. You don't have to point right. it out. Thanks. That's okay. Yeah, it's the big fireball. So yes, can't wait. Lovely. Anyway, back to roll call. You're still a kid, though. I'm a kid at heart. Look at me. Absolutely. Look at look at look at the background. I, I mean, talk about you in my audits. Did you know? Uh, I don't know if this is appropriate for the podcast, but yeah, thank you. I'm going to extol <laughs> my virtues. I say good things about you as well when you're not around. Um, we'll discuss that later. They they yeah. ask me how many children I have. Well, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Oh, I bet you've been waiting to do that for about half an hour. Oh, I've got a great gag. I've got a really good gag. That's um, not used at one of my six this year, has it? Uh, two. I thought you used up two. You did oh. a poor, poor one in January. Uh, Amanda's allowed six gags for the year, uh, usually judged by myself and Amy, whether or not it constitutes a gag. Uh, I'll tell you about that another time. Anyway, Roy Scheider, of course, he is Chief Brody in Jaws and Jaws 2, uh, where he creates that. But he's not just... You know, he is a, a really good actor. Nominated, what else has he been in then? Nominated for an Oscar in yeah. the year before in All That Jazz. Uh, he was in 2010, which I continually mention on this podcast as, if you haven't seen it, please go and see it. It's got Helen Mirren in. It's got, oh, John Lithgow. It's amazing. It's brilliant. Uh, he's in, he, he made films in the late 80s that nobody, nobody saw, yet everybody loved. Try and work that out because it's oh. one of those ones whereby it wasn't a commercial success, but people that saw the films thought they were really good. He played a hitman in Curran and Tate. He was with Anne Margaret in 52 Pickup. Those are really good films. Trust me, if you haven't seen them, go and see them. He's played the president twice in a film called uh, An Executive Target, which I hadn't heard of, but The Peacemaker with George Clooney played the president. And he was also in the long running. Uh, series Sequest DSV, which I thought was incredible. Um, oh, I did see a bit of that. Yeah, and it was good. In, it was good in that. But you know, French Connection. Before that, 
you know, this is Rousseau in French Connection. It's just, oh, it's great. But his greatest, his greatest work will always be Jaws. Um, but yeah, Roy Scheider. I think he just played, I, I, I think he's just, he plays it exactly right. You know, he's in his 50s when he made this. It's, it's absolutely perfect. And sadly missed because he passed away in 2008. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, Roy Scheider. Warren Oates. Um, again, taken, uh, this was one of the last films that he made, but possibly the last film he made before so he died. Warren Oates. Like- Warren Oates was the captain. Uh, so he was the police police chief. Okay. Um, scene stealer in everything that he's in. He's just an incredible tour de force actor. He started in uh, Westerns, such as Rawhide, Gunsmoke, uh, Dillinger, the film Dillinger. Um, he was in a, a series, and I thought I'd just mention it um, simply because he was in it, and I hadn't hadn't heard of it, called Stony Burke. And it's not like Stony Bridge. It's not like that, but nobody will get Well, if you do get that, then write in because you win a prize. But he was in a film called Stony Burke, and I can't even believe I'm saying it like that now. But, yeah. Um, what are you scratching around for? What's happening? Sorry, my light's just gone off. Sweetheart, that's happened years ago. Oh, you're so rude to me. Right. People will start complaining that you're like really mean. I'd love, well, I'd love anybody to complain, compliment, whatever you'd like to do. Anyway, Warren Oates, Sergeant Hulker in Stripes. And let's just take a pause at this moment to. Pay tribute to Ivan Reitman, who passed away in the last week. Uh, we did put a post on Facebook. Uh, he's director of Stripes. Uh, he was also director of Animal House. And I think the director of things like Twins uh, in, in later times. Uh, obviously, his one that he'll always be remembered for is Ghostbusters, uh, which is, as we talked about in this podcast, is iconic. Um. I I thought particularly it was it was really nice for him to be an advisor on Ghostbusters Afterlife to his son, who directed the film, and I'm sure mm. it provides a great deal of uh, pride that he was his dad helped him on that, and then obviously sadly passed away before his time. But yeah, Warren Oates, Sergeant Holker, uh, the three Funkos that are atop next to the DeLorean are all from Stripes. You have to go and watch them. I, I'm sure I'm going to take them out of the box at some point, but oh, it's just. Watch stripes it, and and remember the greatness of Ivan Reitman, um, as well as Harold Ramis. Anyway, Candy Clark, Candy Clark, the uh, his uh, Frank Murphy's girlfriend, so Rochelle's girlfriend. I didn't know too much about her, um, and when I looked up, uh, when I looked her up, I still didn't know. Um, she was in American Graffiti, uh, which is one of those films where you know it's a. Um, a t- teen film of its time in the seventies. You first see the appearance of Harrison Ford um, uh, in American Graffiti. That's like, not where he started, but pretty much where he started from that thing. She was in a film called At Close Range with Christopher Walken and Sean Penn. Um, but later on, she's in Cool as Ice. She's in the Vanilla Ice film. Now I haven't had time to go back and find out where she is because. I can't really remember an awful lot about that film, apart from it was pretty awful. (laughs) Don't say. But it was very funny. And when we move on to uh, Rusted Tin, the forgotten 90s films, 
cool as ice. We'll be ready to go. It'll be ready to go. Um, anyway, so yeah, she's in uh, Zodiac, the film about the serial killer. Um, and she's Doris Truman in Twin Peaks. And I tried to have a look on YouTube for any reference of her or a picture of her. Can't find it. Presumably, Harry S. Truman had like a, like a, I can't remember, but obviously the Trumans appear in Twin Peaks, but but it was the later Twin Peaks rather than the earlier one. So, mm. I don't know. Candy Clark, Daniel Stern, Home Alone, of course, Marvin <laughs> Home Alone. Also in Leviathan, as we talked Harry. about. Harry! Harry! Uh, he was in Diner. He's exceptionally good in Diner. He's so, so good in Diner. You need to go watch that. That's got Mickey Walking, uh, amongst others, and Timothy Hutton. Uh, he's also in City Slickers, where he has his moments. He's really good with that, Billy Crystal. Um, he was in The Wonder Years. Um, I, I love Daniel Stern. I think he's, I think he's good at what he puts his mind to. Um, he can do, he can do drama, as we can see. He can do comedy. That's very versatile. Uh, Malcolm McDowell, who we've already talked about. There's a film that I loved because I went to those who listen to the Breakfast Club podcast that we did with um, WDWNT. Got it right again. <laughs> a nerd alert. Um, because we did the podcast with them, we talked a lot about schools. We talked a lot about you know my experience at private school. Well, if was basically. So it's, it's a Malcolm McDowell is a at a public school, um, and basically he gets bullied. Uh, he gets lots of really bad stuff happen to him by both the boys and the the teachers. Um, and in the end, he takes a Bren gun on the top of the uh, um, school, and when they're all coming out of chapel, he just starts with the, with his friends who are dissatisfied and basically mows down. All of his enemies, all the people that did him wrong. Okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of liked that <laughs> in the eighties. I was kind of like, okay, not not going to emulate it, obviously, but I can see his sentiment. Um, Clockwork Orange, and Malcolm McDowell is probably the most famous for, but also Caligula. I remember seeing that. Um, that was pretty hard going. Uh, Helen Mirren, when she used to get her, and I know we talked about that when Parkinson had the interview mm. with her about getting her clothes off um but yeah she did an awful lot in Caligula um he plays himself in the player uh I keep mentioning the player because there's so many f- f- film stars in it the Robin 1992 Robin Altman film um he plays himself he only has three lines in it because he bumps into Tim Robbins and accuses him of bad mouthing him but it's genius like a lot of that a lot of that film. I love Malcolm McDowell. Anyway, for the geeks, uh, we have, uh, he was Dr. Saran, uh, Dr. Soran. I think it was Saran, I was sorry. Um, in Star Trek Generations, he was the guy that killed Captain James T. Kirk, finally, in Generations. I'm not going to spoil that for you if you haven't watched Star Trek Generations. Captain Kirk dies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Captain Kirk dies. <sighs> Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. Darth Vader and Luke, they've got some sort of relationship as well, just in case you think I'm going to spoil that for you. I don't want to tell you too much, but something happens. Okay. Um, It's the middle film, so you can watch the first. You're all right. Um, He was also in Wing Commander 3. One of those first CD-ROM games 
that came out and part of it plays from the CD-ROM and you needed a computer. You need at least a, a 486 to run it. Um, worked, worked better with Pentium. Um, and that was 1995. Uh, he played in the Superman animated series. He was Metallo, which he, he did again and again. He was, he was asked to. Uh, he was in a film called Gangster Number no. 1. He was in the series Heroes, remember? Save the cheerleader, save the world um, that we watched. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. That was ages ago. Weirdly enough. What he's happened in, to that? Oh, in Heroes, uh, they, they had a spectacularly good first season and a spectacularly bad second season. And I think they made a third season. I stopped watching halfway through two. It was just awful. I mean, it's really awful. Um, Malcolm McDowell, he's in a, a series called Mozart in the Jungle. I don't know anything about it, but it was a, that's a recent one. He was also in... Home Alone, Holiday Heist. Yes, I haven't. I didn't know that anyway. Blank look. I'm still not going to watch it. Although, That's not the latest one, is it? No, uh, I don't know. Yeah, wait a minute. No, that's sweet. It might be. Holiday Heist, it might be. No, I think it's got the word sweet in it. Anyway, the thing that I wanted to finish on, Michael McDowell, do you remember Our Friends in the North with Christopher Eccleston? I love that, yeah. Uh, Michael McDowell. Incredible. Was he in uh, that? Yeah, he was in that. I don't uh, remember him being in he was that. One of the politicians. Daniel Craig being in it. That's and right. Mark. Mark Strong. Strong, yeah. And, and the, then the woman. Gina. I can't remember that. I don't know her name. I'm not even going to attempt to remember it. No. I remember it. Um, so, yeah, go and check out Our Friends in the North. It's a 90s series, but good Lord, it still holds up today. It's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, quite got a sad ending, hasn't it? Yeah, well, just, just, spoiler alert. Yeah. Home Sweet Home Alone. That's oh. the latest one. So it's oh, not I copied one. it down wrong. Right, okay. Well, e- equally, don't go and watch it. Um, uh, anyway, the mayor, Jason Bernard, who you went, oh, that's the guy from The Wire. When you found, when you looked at it, it was nothing like <laughs> it. It wasn't, no. <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember him from V, uh, the TV miniseries, which is still wonderful. Uh, Cagney and Lacey. Um, the guy on the, t- the reporter, the, the newsreader on uh, on the TV, uh, Mario Machado. He's played the newsreader in a lot of films. Has he? he is he actually a newsreader or not? Yes, he is. He was in real life. Ah. Uh, he was a newsreader on Robocop 1, Robocop 2, Robocop 3, Rocky 3. <laughs> He was an interviewer. He was a newsreader on Scarface, The Colbys, Falcon Crest, Wonder Woman, Quincy, and he had a starring role in St. Elmo's Fire. But I thought I knew that film, but I don't remember him. That's amazing. Yeah. So he plays a newsreader because you're there going, hasn't he been in something else before? And I think that's your late memory in the background going, yeah, I think I walked past the TV sometime in 1985 (laughs) and I saw his face and it might have been Falcon Crest because my mum liked it. She didn't. She didn't watch anything like but that. She didn't watch Quincy. No. I thought everybody watched Quincy. No, no. What? Jack Klugman. No. The mighty Jack Klugman. No. All right. Okay. Uh, the lady from um, Our Friends in North, Gina McKee. Gina McKee. See, and the first Christopher like. Eccleston. Absolutely. Yeah. Doctor yeah. Who himself. The best Doctor Who, I may say. Thank you. Uh, I did say. Um, Anthony James. Oh, David. I forgot it's got David Bradley in that. Who's David Bradley? 
Uh, he's the... Um, We're getting house, off the point. This is like... Housekeeper at Hogwarts. Oh, right. The guy from Afterlife. Ricky Gervais's dad. Yes. Right. Sorry. I, yeah, I, I was going to pronounce his name, but if I get it wrong, I have to put the explicit bit on. Oh. Yeah. Spell it. F- <laughs> F-I-L-C-H. Flick. No. No. F- F- F-I-L-C-H. Filch. I think that's the wrong way to say it. Okay. Yeah, I think I've just told you the wrong way to say it. But anyway, it's the it's Is it spelt that way? Caretaker. I tell you what, look it up if you feel like you must, right? But yeah, I told you the wrong way to say it. Anyway, kids, don't, don't go and Google what that. Oh no, 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 no. It's it's the right way, I think. You just Filch, replace that's fine. Yes, don't, you just replace one of the vowels with another vowel. Fine, got it. We're safe. We're fine. Don't be putting the knee in it. Don't be there. No. Yeah, this isn't the shaming. Don't be putting there. Don't be. Uh, he's a good. He's a not good. Uh, yes. Don't do drugs, kids. Because um, uh, <laughs> on mental. Yeah. Because what Keith, are we talking about? Because Keith Richards has done them all. Which is the famous line. You can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't and, and do just anything. look at him. Oh, I love Dennis Leary. Um, Anthony James, he played the assassin, basically the guy that ran Lime and Goodover, spoiler alert, and we'll get to that. But but for those uh, comedy comedy aficionados who recognise him as the assassin in Naked Good Two and a Half, The Smell of Fear. He's very good. Oh, you haven't seen that one for the podcast? You watched the first one, didn't you? No. I have, I have watched Naked Good Two and a Half after I, I did the podcast with Dom. Um, Is it any good? Yeah, it's very good. It's very, very good. Um, well, you you would say that though, wouldn't you? Well, I think I said on the podcast, you know, you, do you know the city's overrun with baboons? <laughs> well, it's not the fault of the voters. It's just so good. Um, let's have a let's have a mention for the directors we talked about. John Baden, uh, he did War Games. Uh, directed Saturday Night Fever, uh, Stakeout, um, and this film took a hundred million. Going off slightly, this film took a hundred million at the box office adjusted uh, in today's in today's money. So I think it took 48 million in total, which is pretty good. Oh, very yeah, and very good when you realise that two weeks after this opened, Return of the Jedi came out and nobody oh, was goodness. nobody was watching anything else. So it did a really good run in a very short space of time. Um it's gained a bit of a cult following on uh on on uh about say VHS. It did get a cult it following. It probably did. It did. It did with me. So yes. There we go. Um and also the score, uh, the, the composer, Arthur J. Rubenstein. Um, if you closed your eyes and started to listen to Blue Thunder and say, what other film did he do? If you don't say War Games within 30 seconds, that's hoping that you've seen War Games. I haven't then, seen it. Then you obviously so haven't been paying attention to either film. So, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's Roll Call. Um, I think we've covered everything on there. I believe so. Right, so we're going to try something new. Instead of us rambling on about every single bit in the film what we want to do is take take the highlights of certain chunks that we do in the film i am stealing from a podcast that i listen to and a great uh i'm an extremely fan of uh movies.com they're called and they're very very good i'd really do advise you to check them out not at the expense of listening to us obviously but <laughs> very 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 good 
Um, and what they do is they describe the film. So it means that we're not constantly having to go back to notes and we can describe what we liked in the different segments. So I'm going to give it a go. If it doesn't work, contact us and go, didn't like that. Or if you like it, yeah, that worked. That was all right. Anyway, let's go a bit into the plot. Frank Murphy is a Met- Metropolitan Police Department Air Support Division with the Astro Division um, and a troubled Vietnam War veteran post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, his newly assigned observer is a novice, Richard Lyman Good, who is nicknamed Jaffo. The two patrol Los Angeles at night. Frank gets his flying privileges revoked for inappropriate flying while a city councilwoman is shot in an alleged rape attempt. Murphy is instructed, however, to attend a sunrise demonstration in the Mojave Desert to pilot an advanced helicopter nicknamed Blue Thunder during an evaluation exercise. It's a combat aircraft intended for police use and surveillance and against possible large-scale civic disobedience during the then-upcoming 1984 Olympic Games. It has a multitude of gadgets in it, and Blue Thunder... uh, Murphy notes Riley that enough of these helicopters, you could roll up, run the whole damn country. So what did we think of the opening of the film? Um, yeah, there was something a bit, a bit sus about it. Like, um, at, at what point are we going up to? The bit where he's seen... The bit until, but until, until, until when I describe it, which I, we'll right. go up to the end of when you first see Blue Thunder and you get the test run. Okay, so um, I didn't like the fact that they were perving. Right, I thought you'd have a problem with that. Mm. I understand that. Um, there was no need to have that in the film. So you get two sets of perving at the start. You do. You, you get two the, sets. So the yeah, first one exactly. is um, like um, I'm just going to call him rookie. Um, the, the when the rookie's basically um Jaffo. Yeah, he's he's in and he's taken out for his first sort of observation uh, exercise. For a spin, yeah. Um and it's part of his initiation that they go and I don't know, pervert this Hollywood actress in her apartment. Um, you know, and, and weirdly, not that I've got a problem with it, but weirdly. She's doing very provocative naked yoga, which makes me wonder whether it's all a setup anyway. Because she does it at precisely half ten every night. Yeah, and the, the curtains are open. Mm. 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 Just doesn't doesn't sit well anyway. Um, and then there's a car without number plates, um, and. Uh, Frank spots this and says, mm, that's a bit sus. There's no, there's no plates on it. Um, so he calls it in. Anyway, there's obviously that shooting um, at the council member's house. Hmm. Um, and she, it, apparently it's an attempted rape and shooting, which doesn't sit well because he's like, mm, that's a bit weird. And then they, they talk about the car, don't they? And he says, "Oh, did you investigate that?" And they were they were basically said, "Oh, yeah, the uh, the rapist would have been in there." And he's like, "Well, I'm not sure he would have been." And then they tried to make out that it was kids making out in the car, and he's like, "Well, they wouldn't do that there." And they said yeah. they wouldn't have done it in a in a unmarked. Did you did you like the fact that this this film starts to take um, a sort of 
as I pointed out, it's not just, hey, look, everybody, look at the fancy helicopter that can do loads of stuff. It tries to set itself up as actually having a plot and actually having a cohesive plot with a political intrigue in it. Obviously starts right at the at the beginning, doesn't it? Mm. So it's not like something that's a secondary thought, really. It's yeah. it's actually weaved through the the storyline. Um the um I, I like the I like the interaction between the two of them. Yeah, I, I think that's that's quite good. And um Jaffo's um Kind of, he gets this nickname. He's called Lionel Good, but he gets this nickname Jaffo, and he keeps asking why. He um, he seems to be quite, quite good at what he does, but it's really weird because the whole setup is he's a bit of a, a goof and isn't really in control of what he's doing. Um, because like at the start he drops all the paperwork, doesn't he? Hmm. And then he tries to pick it up and like he's he's not very well prepared. Um so you kind of think, well, okay, that's that's fair enough. Um but I I kind of questioned why he would be partnering with Frank. Okay. I get that. I, I didn't quite understand why that was, whether Frank was like the, the most sort of senior. Uh, pilots that that could cope with taking on a newbie. I don't know. Hmm. See, I but think you get given yeah. that Frank had got the, these PTSD flashbacks That's going right, on, yeah. and he times himself with his watch as well, doesn't he? The the um, chief must have known that he's suffering from PTSD, hmm. and you you'd kind of wonder why he would be still piloting if he's suffering. He's PTSD. one of the best pilots they had. But given that, is that really a medically a good idea to do? Well, I don't know, because the police chief alludes to the fact that the, you know, the Astro Division is just, you know, a hair's breadth of being shut down all the time. He says mm. that on a couple of occasions. Um, I think we the, need to... A, uh, sorry. I think we need sorry. to... Sh- okay, sorry. The guy um, that's in the unmarked car, you see, um, yeah, yeah. like the guy w- that's not in the plated car, um, He's also then turns up at the in the back row of the show for the new demo of the helicopter, hmm. and I immediately sort of perked up. I'm like, "Hang on a minute, wasn't That's he the guy in the car?" And then I realised, "Oh, there's there's obviously something going on, you know, that's not all cut and dry. It's it's not, you know, some random people that have just shot this councilwoman, and yeah, there, there is obviously a story behind it all." Um. One thing that I thought was a bit silly was the way that Frank was able to get into her property after she'd been shot um, and then go and scout for evidence without there being any police presence whatsoever. Yeah, true. Yeah, I noticed that. At the scene of the crime, because that yeah. wouldn't have happened at mm. all. Um, uh, yeah, so... And then, like... I suppose the I'm, I'm jumping around here, but the 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 rookie, the Jaffo, he's he's also a little bit. I, I kind of wondered why he's actually being the co-pilot and the observer in this new piece of technology 
because he hasn't shown himself as being particularly well organized or structured to be okay. honest so to to have a five million dollar piece of equipment well, that he's that he's in and partnering it just seemed a bit ludicrous you wouldn't have a rookie in that that's piece of tech. No, but equally, you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a person who suffers who's known to suffer from PTSD. Mm. So if this was a conspiracy, they're very bad at it because they've got <laughs> a few people that could actually blow it apart, and which which happened. <coughs> um, let's take a bit of a backtrack here. I think Daniel Stern deserves a bit of recognition on this, and the reason why is because if you thought that he made Diner and then he made Blue Thunder. And he, sk- he skipped from all of the praise that he got from Dinah and, and, did, and did an extremely confident performance in Blue Thunder. Think again. This was filmed in 1980. They just sat on it for quite a long time because I don't think they knew how to, to market it. I mean, as you can tell from the trailer, I don't think they market that particularly well. Um, today, I saw interviews with both Malcolm McDowell and Roy Scheider on the, on the sort of junket you know, which they had, they were actually mm. sit-down formal interviews. Um, and, you know, they both seem confident in what they're doing, but people just don't really know how to treat it. Mm. It does get a very high score, a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. What was it, 73? I know you wrote it down. Uh, 73. 78 and 52. So 78 and 52. The, 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 you know, people, are, the critics are more with, aligned to me and the viewers are more aligned to you. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Dan, the reason why I wanted to highlight Daniel Stern is because he filmed this and then he filmed Diana. So you're kind of like, wow, this is somebody that's that's quite assured. But anyway, to get back to the film. I think the reason he's brought in is because he's exceptionally good at what he does, and we, we see that in the film. I know he's I know it's his first time on the on the, you know, it's not his first time flying, it's not his first time operating. He picks up Blue Thunder really, really quickly. You know, he's like reading the manual. He's asking all the right questions. Yeah. And so I think I did, I did see that. You're right. The, the the so-called rape attempt, when actually what it was, was just a straight theft. Um, the thing that annoyed me is I think the interaction between him and um, Candy Clark, so the girl, his girlfriend, mm. never seemed... To gel that that much. No, I think there was there was um, definitely a link between him and the boy, but that echoes him and his son in Jaws. You know, you look at that sort of relationship that he has. Mm. For, uh, but they have to they cram a relationship into a very short amount of time. But I think it comes off. What puzzled me is she started by coming in and asking for her blender, <laughs> right? And it at looked three like in the morning. Like, yeah, but it looks like he was splitting up. Yeah, evicted, and I was like. Oh, I can't remember this. I thought they were together. No, no, no. And it's never explained. But yeah, so off she off she goes. Um, but yeah, they're together. Uh, we find out that when they find out the mayor dies as well, and you know that's when Roy Scheider goes to do his investigation. But because of his perving, as you say, he's kicked off. He's kicked off. He said, "Your flight, your flight has been, your flight uh, privileges are revoked." And then he gets a call at presumably four o'clock in the morning saying, is there any chance you could just, you've had no sleep. I understand that. Um, is there any chance you can come to this Mojave desert? 
because uh, we've got a new we've got a new helicopter you want to fly, and you're like, hold on, he's just been kicked off the force. That's it. How's it? How's he been given blue thunder? Mm-hmm. And if Malcolm McDowell is the pilot, spoiler alert, his old Vietnam buddy Cochrane, who they don't get on at all, mm-hmm. didn't Cochrane approve the pilot? Didn't the the test pilot of Blue Thunder approve the the next test pilot? Because don't well, don't pick him. So if this was a conspiracy, it's as they say in JFK, they're remarkably nonchalant about uh, <laughs> ex- executing the plan. Um, so yeah, I just thought, did you like the demo? I mean, yeah, you know, we're talking up to this point. Oh, now, the but... demo. Um, it was okay, uh, but there was just to put it. So people who see the film can remember it. There's a a whole sort of like mocked up sort of scene um, in a street, and they've got white cut out people as um, uh, civilians, and then red cutouts as uh, the terrorists. Mm. And you're supposed to be able to knock out all the red terrorists uh, in the scene um, with this helmet. And sort super of duper like, targeting, yeah. It's super duper targeting turret gun thing. And um yeah, they kind of um shoot a few more white uh characters, white cutouts that, that <laughs> which um, they say is planned. acceptable casualties. Yeah, because what was the ratio? One in for every ten, ten for every ten terrorists we kill one. Well, that's that's acceptable to us. I'm like <laughs> What? Not if you want, not if you're the one. No. Which is what he said. Not if you're one of the civilians, <laughs> which I thought was thought was a great line. Yeah. Um, they do a they do a so the colonel that's running the presentation went. We've got a school bus, and it's full of kids. So all these white cutouts, but we haven't told the pilot what's wrong with it. And then cut to inside of the bus. Boom! Up, up pop all these cutouts of red terrorists. Um, I don't know weapons today. No. That can execute that sort of precision. I mean, we're not talking the the whistling bird in the Mandalorian where he just targets everyone around him. I mean, there's nothing that sophisticated. So predictably, he ends up blowing the bus up with, with everyone in and obviously looking looking very bad. But you've got the and then you've got the final bit of that is you've got the introduction between the two. Did mm. you like did you like Malcolm McDowell? I think he plays a great character, don't you? Yeah, I hadn't. I knew that I recognised him from something, but I couldn't remember it where. But right. when you talked earlier about roll call, it's Clockwork Orange. Yes. He's yes. got for me. That's probably the only well one of the first movies I've seen with him in it, and uh, I found it quite haunting. It's very disturbing. Yes, it is a disturbing film. Uh, so whenever I saw, whenever I see him, I just feel a bit uncomfortable and I couldn't remember why I felt uncomfortable when I even just it pinged the, the memory, which is literally Cutwork Orange. Absolutely. Anyway, um, moving on. So next part of the plot was, uh, it says, when the death of the city councilwoman, Diana McNeely, turns out to be more than a, a random murder, Murphy begins his own covert investigation. He discovers that Subversive Action Group is intending to use Blue Thunder in a military role to quell disorder under the project codename Thor for tactical helicopter offensive response and is secretly eliminating political opponents to advance its agenda. Murphy suspects the involvement of his old wartime nemesis, who we just talked about, Malcolm McDowell, Colonel Cochrane, um, and 
Lyman Good and Murphy used Blue Thunder on one of their test runs uh, to record a meeting between Cochrane and the other government officials, which would implicate them in the conspiracy. However, in a dramatic moment in the film, I did like the tension of that bit. Cochrane looks out of the window, um, despite the fact that Blue Thunder's on whisper mode, so it's totally silent. Yeah. Can helicopters actually do that? Uh, I think some of them can now. I don't think any of them could then. Mm. Airwolf, Airwolf had silent mode. Airwolf. Yeah. <laughs> um, Malcolm McDowell, Cochrane sees Blue Thunder, realise what happened. After landing, Lyman Good secures the tape and hides it, but it's captured on returning to his home. He's interrogated and then killed while trying to escape. Mm. So let's let's go back a bit here. When yeah. they go out on their first proper flight then to test... With Malcolm McDowell? You mean that, when he loosens the nut like Iron Eagle? No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Okay. No, when they're actually in Blue Thunder for the right. first flight. Yeah. Uh, and they, they take her up and just kind of, you know, see what see what the bird can do. Um, yeah. And I don't mean that in a drop <laughs> sense. Damn it. I was just about to... Right, okay. <laughs> bird is in helicopter. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, I I just can't understand. They do it again. They do the perving thing again. Don't they? What? Because they get to the see the helicopter. Oh, they, they get to see the um, motorbike. Yeah, they see the motorbike, yeah. and then they they they're doing it again, using the super mics and the zoom cameras. So yeah. the zoom cameras, they go in, and is it in the um, the I forgot what they call it. The what? Are the, what's like the diner where they drive drive up? And they're sat in the car and then someone comes out to serve. Like a 50s sort of diner. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's yeah. that, isn't it? There's a there's a guy that pulls up, wants to order some food, and then he's chatting up the lady that comes to take his order. Hmm. And like um Daniel Stern uh zooms in on her boobs. Yes. Yes. Like, there's no need. There is well, literally it's the 80s. No it's the 80s. For that. How many times do we have to say it? It's the 80s. I know. Okay. Oh, so and then either. and then they go in and check the um uh, they they see the the motorbike don't they of one of their police colleagues That's right um and see that the motorbike's still warm because they've got thermal imaging on uh, camera on there hmm. um and they zone in with the microphones and they can hear them obviously having a, a good time together hmm. um probably. She's probably married to somebody else, and they're having a, a you know, a, an affair or whatever. Um, and that you just think, oh, hang on, what's going on there? And then they got access to a database, haven't they? And it's basically saying that the wife is in residence. Yes. So it's all linked into some private security company that know that she's decoded, and it's her that's decoded the alarm on her house etc etc so they know she's in mm. and you just think oh my god data privacy data privacy violation of private well, auditor alert. alert i know i just um, like oh cripes this would this would be awful like you know in today um uh yeah but i agree just before we get into that bit because i, I did have a bit there um, Cochrane, Mark McDowell, takes him out on a test flight where he has to um, basically follow him. 
Um, but what he's done is he's loosened one of the bolts in um, Murphy's helicopter. Mm. So at some point it's going to crash. There's one thing that worried me about that scene. Um, hello, I'm Blue Thunder. I'm going to take, I'm going to go out with this massive big cannon on the front, this thing that nobody else has seen. And I'm just going to fly around Los Angeles. Mm. And nobody's going to look up in the sky and go, hey, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. What's that? I mean, if it was now, everyone would film it. It'd be on Twitter before he had a chance to get back home. But I mean, I thought that was a bit, if you're going to do a, a, a flight, test flight, do it somewhere where nobody can see. Or do it at night. Absolutely. But I think the front, one of the arcs, I think, that happens in this, in this, and we'll get to the conclusion, which happens right at the end, is Roy Scheider goes on a bit of a journey on, on this, whereby even, if, even when he sees Blue Thunder for the first time, you've got Daniel Stern, you've got Jaffa getting excited, reading manuals, going, hey, look, you know, I'll turn this on. It's got this and everything else. He's more considered about all of this. He's joining in, obviously. He joins in the perving bit, right? But I think he realises very quickly that the, the police shouldn't have this power. Mm. Um, and his arc is very interesting because it's very much, you know, you, you, see, you see him play some of the characters where he is trying to advocate, you know, this sort of thing. He's got no time for the police. He is the police. And even he, even he thinks that they shouldn't have a stepping over a lot. Absolutely. And the more that he sees that, you know, you know, they talk about protecting the Olympics. He's finding out things going, this isn't designed for that. This is just coming in to recover. Um, And he thinks that the government wants to be some sort of tyrannical dictator. I mean, so far removed from the truth of what's going on in the world today. Mm. I mean, how can, how people can be cynical about politicians and, and motives and everything, but you know, Hey, um, so uh, they're just about to take Blue Thunder back in, and I like the fact he sees Cochrane's car and then goes, "Oh, I'll go and follow him." And Cochrane doesn't going realize quite fast, there is, there is, he? he doesn't he doesn't take Blue Thunder back in. Mm. Well, the mole that was in the police station doesn't tell anybody that he's taking it back out, and this tool that can spy on you and listen to you might actually be interested in where you've just gone. Um. However, I do like that bit. I like the bit where Malcolm McDowell opens the curtains and sees Blue Thunder. Again, I love the way the film is shot. I think that the the positioning and everything is wonderful. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was um, uh, it was great. What you then have is that they they because Lyman has been reading the manual, he knows that they can remotely erase these videotapes. So he ends up getting the tape out. Um, and take, taking it out. Um, and, yeah, they he, ta- he takes the video home with him. Um, he so, doesn't. No, he, oh, sorry, he takes it with him. He doesn't take it home. He actually stashes it somewhere. Um, as, he, as he gets that, the fact is that he gets that, the bad guys know that he's got a tape. When he gets home, there are people waiting for him. Um, and they torture him. They break his break his fingers. Um, he manages to escape, um, and he gets run over by the assassin that was at the demo. Um, he falls to the ground. He hits a woman on a bike. He falls to the ground. He can't get up because his hands are tied. 
and he can't lift himself up and the guy just runs him over like brutally just that's the end of it mm-hmm. um so what you find out is that Jaffo has um left him a voicemail uh in which he's the equivalent him, of <laughs> well, the equivalent of an answer phone message at the beep um and told him where it is no it's not an answer phone message it's um he picks it up on his code he puts the code in and gets his messages from back home which he could do at that time uh no he he yeah. fight, he, he gets into the heli he breaks back in because he's suspended he breaks back into the the air hangar. Yeah, I was about to say that. He finds Jaffo tells him to go and play that, but he finds that out via his message. Oh, I missed that bit message. then. Yeah, yeah. So he gets back in, and he the way that he has to listen to the message is to get back into. He has to break back into the police, which would never happen. I don't know how he got back security in. Security would have been revoked. He's just walking around, but this is the days <laughs> before facial recognition and access. I don't know. Whatever. Auditor alert again. Yeah. But he manages to listen to it and finds out that he stashed the tape. Um, and I think that's nice because it's obviously like a message from the afterlife. Mm. Um, and Jaffo says, I know why you call me um, Jaffo. Um, just another flipping observer, <laughs> which is uh, censored. <laughs> so replace the F word with the F word. Um, so, yeah. Um, then So we have that bit. I think it's, I just think it's well done, but moving on. So the final bit, so the final act of Blue Thunder, Murphy hijacks Blue Thunder and arranges to have his girlfriend retrieve the tape and deliver it to the local news station using the helicopter to help her thwart, it says here, her pursuers. Oh, that's a good word, isn't it? It's a great word. Thwart. Kate arrives at the news station, but is almost captured by one of the co-conspirators. The reporter Kate was sent to find intercepts Kate gets the tape back and the conspirator is knocked unconscious by the security guard after shooting somebody. Uh, because Murphy is now loose in Blue Thunder, two uh, F-16 fighters are deployed to deal, but he manages to shoot one down and evade the other. However, in the process, one missile destroys a barbecue stand in Little Tokyo and a second impacts Arco Plaza. It's not a barbecue stand. It's a barbecue shop. Stand it's a warehouse. Well, it's a stand. They're cooking well, it's barbecue chickens. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the operation is then suspended by the mayor. It's been too dangerous. Cochrane disobeying orders to stand down, ambushes Blue Thunder in a heavily armed Hughes 500 helicopter. After a tense battle, Murphy's able to shoot him down after executing a 360 degree loop through the use of Blue Thunder's turbine boost function. Murphy then destroys Blue Thunder by landing it in front of an approaching freight train. In the meantime, the tape is made public, and as a result, the conspirators are arrested. So, yeah, let's get into this. <laughs> because the, net, the, the whole of this act is Roy Scheider pretty much in the helicopter and not leaving. Yeah. Um, is, it's just... This is where I think some of the, where we talk about the film's strengths. We talk about some of the shots. His mm. girlfriend's pulled over by the police. She's got nowhere else to go. And suddenly, from nowhere, like on whisper mode or whatever, Blue Thunder appears. That's such a great shot. With the police in the foreground, his girlfriend in the foreground, Blue Thunder, amazing. Then That's got, a classic kind of shot, though, isn't it's it? Great, the, though. the The kind of helicopter just rising up from yeah. nowhere. Where's yeah. that been? Where's that? 
What other films have done that in? I've Lethal seen weapon. that before. Lethal Weapon. Hmm. Yeah. Is it in a... one of the Bond movies as well? Uh, I'm sure they use that in plenty of time. Uh, plenty okay. of. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is. I think this is a good bit. They know that they know that the narrative is going to crumble down. Um, why they just sent one person to to intercept her at the news station? I've no idea. I, I would have pretty much told the police, "Don't let her in because she's, you know, she's a terrorist or something like that," or or use something words like that in order to try and get them on get them on a side. Thank goodness the film producer that eventually gets the tape is is sympathetic um, and is not part of the whole thing, um, and enough to recognise that she's been set up. Um, but it's just the, the F sixteen fighters. That's the only time they use special effects when they're, they're recreating the missile. Mm. Um, fun fact, um, one of the things that they had to, when they blew up the barbecue warehouse, <laughs> as you call it, um, when they blew that up, they had to use real chickens. Oh, no. I'm sorry. They priced up how, long, how much it would take. And the rubber chickens were three times the price, apparently, than just buying chickens. And they said... We'll blow them up, um, but uh, we're really sorry that, that you know we're going to rain these chickens down. But they invited the community if they wanted to help themselves to the chicken after it'd been on the floor. Yeah, and driven over and walked over. Well, not were driven over, but I'm sure they would have been in situ and whatever. They would they would have had some areas probably to capture some without hitting the floor that you couldn't. Oh, see that's horrendous. Floor. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, this is where the stunts come in. You know, they, the stunts are incredible, going underneath mm-hmm. the underpasses. Um, there's an interesting fact I'll, I'll leave until trivia time, which is when you see Mark and Dow's face in the cockpit um, and having to, to film this. Obviously, there's a film crew with him. He's flying in a helicopter. This is how they were able to get those shots. It's not green screens. They're not doing it. They are actually no. in in the helicopters, which is great. Um, but yeah, you've 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 got the F-16s. Obviously, it goes wrong. You've got all of these people back at the base trying to make decisions and trying to deal with things. And meanwhile, they're letting the girl go go straight with the evidence, and they're all too bothered about how they're going to, you know, not blue thunder out the sky. And you're like, well, that ship sailed. He's, he's the thing that I he's I was. There. I was quite concerned over was they didn't really give a damn about any public that might have been, you know, on the receiving end of any uh, falling debris or shots fired or, um, <coughs> you know, he goes to shoot Cochrane and he hits the building opposite him. And you're like, I hope there was nobody in that building. Yeah. Um, Roy Scheider said to the director, this would never happen. No, it wouldn't. Fra- no, he, no, he said Frank Murphy, the character, would would have drawn him away, would have drawn them away from the city. You'd mm. never have had a fight over a city. No, but it makes yeah. it makes for good viewing because it's like cat and mouse. It's like the Avengers. The Battle of New York wouldn't have worked well with the Battle of the Pacific or the Bay or something like that. It wouldn't have worked. You know, you've got ev- everything has to involve the city. Man of Steel, they they pretty much level the place. Mm. Um, so, which is always a criticism of that. 
But I do like the fact that Wishida raised the objection, but it did get it did get shot down. Um, then you've got Malcolm McDowell, who ignores the thing and obviously gets this helicopter with firepower in and shows that Blue Thunder is vulnerable. That it can be shot down mm. because he breaks one of the glass and it shoots Murphy in the arm. Yeah. Causing it to spray blood, a little bit of blood. Um, but I really did like the cat and mouse between them. Um, and I did like the fact that his famed 360 um, flipping the helicopter worked <laughs> for him because it allowed him to take out Malcolm McDowell. Um, I just thought it was great. Uh, you know. I was a bit concerned about, like, the tape, hmm. right? So let's talk about the tapes. The fact yeah. that they can remote erase a tape concerned me. What, in 1983? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you don't. Th- you think that technology is way ahead of its time? Well, it would have been, yeah. Well, that's, it's not that's connected redundant. to anything. It'd be got whispering helicopters, so. <laughs> right, okay. You, you have yeah. to suspend a bit of disbelief. Mm. Okay. But the fact that they've got the ability to wipe the tapes, they shouldn't have the ability to wipe the tapes remotely. Yes, you're right. Yes, it I should agree. be. It should be a coded manual process. With well, it is, it, it is. There is safeguards in place. It's trouble is that the people that are supposed to protect the safeguards are the people trying to cover it up. Mm. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it, the tape should be properly encrypted. <laughs> <laughs> Encryption in the eighties. Yes. Well, it, it did it have just, a code. You reversed, it, every, you reversed every other letter. Well, no, they they did say, oh, uh, can we play a tape? Yeah, he's got the code. Right. So it, it was coded. So okay. I suppose there's some kind of some single factor authentication mechanism code thing going on. Yeah. A bit yeah. weird. The fact that they'd got the ability to actually play the tape as well. It's like you wouldn't have the ability to play that. Where are you going to put a code in on a normal VCR for a tape like that? Where you can't. But, the, but but there is no code once it's taken out the safe. Oh, even worse then. Yeah, the sorry. You well, can just literally pull it out and then play it. Yeah, copy it like I used to do when uh, in the late eighties. No, you didn't. You didn't do that. I copied videos. Good lord, sweetheart. I think no, you know no, that about me. You obviously didn't. All oh, right. Oh God! Well, I can admit to crimes. I sold some sweets once as well. Should I go? Ooh, I go and uh, stole fifty p out of my mum's drawer. You're a bad said, boy, aren't you? No, 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 fifty fifty p. And she went, "I'm very disappointed," and I never never stole again. Yeah, I stole fifty p, and I bought some really weird stamps. Don't in come in my fifth stone stealing fifty p club, mm. right? Okay, you know you're not you're not welcome. And they were big fifty p's back then, weren't they? They were massive. Yeah, but massive. You needed a rucksack to carry them. Um, um, one of the things that, that um, minor annoyances I'd put this under, um, they, they're discussing getting the tape and they're saying, um, you know, you've got to get the tape because it might implicate us. Well, she, they better get the tape. They're discussing this in an open office. And I'm like, is nobody else hearing? They're actually confessing in real life. <laughs> Why do they need to take that? Because it's got incriminated evidence on it. And she better get it. You know, they better get it back. And you're like, 
Yeah, probably not a good idea to discuss it in a police station. That's just probably a really bad idea. Oh, and another thing that I didn't point out. Yes. Um, the, the cop cars chasing uh, the girlfriend. Obviously, there's some cop cars that crash together. Yep. Well, again, 80s, Blues Brothers, Beverly Hills Cop. This is the era. <laughs> if you're going to crash cop cars, you've got to do it in the 80s. <laughs> nobody nobody does it better than, than 80s directors. We get the the sight of Murphy making the decision that nobody should own Blue Thunder and this shouldn't exist. Um, and but they wouldn't have just made the one and they wouldn't not have the, the plans. They would not have the, the plans. To make well, another, would they? Well, weirdly, so he lands it in front of the, the freight train, the freight train smashes it. He manages to do his watch thing where he gets out in time. I thought that was really bad because in real life, that train driver might have been dead. Oh, that freight train could take a nuclear nuclear you know mm. nuclear weapon to the back mm. and it'd still be all right. Freight mm. trains are pretty resilient. Um weirdly enough, the 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 following TV series just ignores the film. Um they're different characters. I thought it's Frank Murphy. He does he, it isn't. He plays a different character in that. Mm. Um as does Dana Carvey. Um You've also got Bubba Smith in there from Police Academy, played Hightower in Rolling Thunder, who's on the floor with the football player Dick Butkus. There you go. There's the TV series, which is, I, I, I loved it. I have fond memories of it. Can't get it. Can't find it anywhere. I've seen it on Amazon. I can get it on DVD for £16. And there's me going, oh, I can't find it any other place. Obviously, legal places. I'd never look in illegal places. Uh, for it but no i can't find it anywhere um, Maybe if, you're that's the, a good thing. if you're in the states you can you can get it on crackle and um one of these other channels uh pay for channels and i'm like oh great somebody in the states watch it and tell me if it's any good which it will be anyway should we do trivia time yeah let's do it move on to trivia time it's a nice little ending to this one anyway here's trivia time trivia time so I read trivia on this, and I refuse to believe that this is correct. But I do mm-hmm. like it. But I do like it. One reason Roy Scheider made this film was so that he would be unavailable to be cast in Jaws 3. <laughs> now, now, I don't believe that for a minute. Is that the film Michael Caine was in? No, that's Jaws The Revenge. Which one's that? Four. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. The shark with the the shark with the vengeance. The shark with the nursing a uh, uh, a revenge. Oh, we will cover it. We will cover it one day, um, but not today and not this year. We won't. We will. Well, I get somebody else to do it. And it's fine. I get. Uh, <laughs> I get um, uh, your friend who mentioned here, but I get her husband, who's a marine biologist, to do it with me. <laughs> He could he could jump on. We know who Excellent. we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't waste his time for Jaws four. No, I'll do it. Jaws three. Jaws three. He can come round and we can put our three D glasses on and watch it in three D. Be great. Oh, you're such a kid, aren't you? <laughs> I love it. I might do that this weekend. It's <laughs> my birthday, after all. Um. So next bit, Anna Forrest, who played the nude lady doing yoga, she filmed another take of that scene with workout clothes on for the TV censors. So there's a censored version, which they couldn't show on TV. So she recorded the same scene, but just with clothes on. 
So why did they need the nakedness? Because it sells, because everyone remembers the naked yoga woman that works out at half ten. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, it says here, which is which is pretty much obvious because you knew that Warren Oates died. This film was dedicated to him at the end. It says um, at the end, uh, the movie's closing credits for Warren Oates with love for all the joy he gave us. And he did, apparently. On set, he was wonderful. Bill Murray s- speaks of him extremely fondly, as does Harold Ramis on the on the um, set of Stripes. Um, but Warren Oates says had flu and chronic emphysema during filming. Mm. Um, but anyway, you ready for this bombshell? Malcolm McDowell hated flying. No one, not even his wife, could over could persuade him to overcome his phobia. During the final battle, how on earth did you do the film then? During the battle scene between him and his character, and and his character and Frank Murphy, the the grimaces you can see on McDowell's face. Are, are real, clearly displaying his comfort at being in the discomfort of being in the air. When his wife saw the movie, she was incredulous and asked the filmmakers, "How did you get him inside that little helicopter? I can't even get him inside a plane." Goodness me! He didn't. He didn't realize. He thought all the special effects. He didn't realize that he had to actually go inside the chopper because he thought he could sit in a studio and project things around him. So obviously didn't ask the fundamental question in there. Yeah, in this in this script, when it says I'm flying around, I'm not actually flying around, am I? Yeah, maybe you should have got your agent to ask that question. <laughs> so it's great because you can, the thing about it is you can go back and watch Blue Thunder now because you can go back and watch that scene and you can look at his face because one of the things he said in the interview on YouTube was he was in the helicopter and he was so nervous. He said they were going in, he was going... Don't go under the underpass. Don't go under the don't go under the underpass. And 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 basically they flew they flew the thing with him in because they needed the shot on the other side. Right. And so they flew in and he said, and they they nicked, it was almost like they nicked the, the side of the, the thing and he could hear it. But imagine being in that if you don't like flying. It'd be like in a in a pit of spiders if you're arachnophobic. But anyway. Have you been in a helicopter? Uh no. Oh God! They, they, it's like being on a fairground ride. Makes oh, no, well, that's why I wouldn't go in a helicopter. Eh? That's why I wouldn't go in a helicopter. What? Because it, if it if it's anything like going on the smile or something like that, no, you're all right. No, it feels like um, you know, when you're in the car and you go over a bridge and it makes your tummy go funny. Oh yes. It's like that all the time. It's oh, really weird. And sound, like I went, strange. I went in a helicopter in New York a few years ago. And it was one of the sightseeing uh, helicopters. And you, you you basically go down to the bottom of the Manhattan Island, turn around, come back up again and up the Hudson. And then um, this, this helicopter had like a glass floor for the experience. So you could see loads, but it just made me feel completely sick. It was really, really weird. Really oh, weird. I can understand that. Um, I went, when I went to Vegas, um, I refuse to go on the helicopter tour of the Grand Canyon. Why? Grand Canyon, it's just a big canyon. It's like National Lampoons. Look, kids, a big hole in the ground. <laughs> right? What else is there to see? It's a rock. What did I go and do? I went on the Star Trek experience at the Hilton. Um, and I had a great time. <laughs> and they all came back going, oh, yeah, we went on this helicopter. And I was like, what did you see? Like loads of rocks. 
my, my auntie, she won um, a bingo prize. You know, she plays bingo a lot. Right. Um, she won a, a holiday to Las Vegas. I don't think you know that, actually. She won a yeah, holiday to Las that's Vegas. Nice. That's nice for her. With, with my Uncle Pete, and they went. And she did that Grand Canyon right. tour. Yeah, in the okay. helicopter. So right. she's been on that. Well, good for her. I saw <laughs> I, I saw real life Borg, and I went on this on this on the deck of the Enterprise. So hey, who had the better deal out of that? The helicopter ride. Nope. Think again. So I've told you about the real chickens. Um, just, they weren't just, actually alive, though, were they? They, no, were... they were cooked. Okay. They were. were they cooked or were they just... They were cooked, which is why people could help themselves to them. Braid them. They were cooked chickens. Oh, okay. Raised up in the air, yeah. Probably a bit cold. I mean, maybe, you know, that day. But they had to oh, look like cooked no. chickens. Not hygienic either. I bet they didn't, like, keep them chilled before they... Look, I don't know if it has anything to do with the great salmonella outbreak of 1980, 1980 that happened in, in Los Angeles. I've no idea. Was that actually filmed in LA? Uh, no, you find, I don't know. <laughs> Is the answer. Okay. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Um, stunt driver who drove the police motorcycle who was chasing Kate uh, later crashed into the car carrier. He actually broke his ankle. So, wow. yeah, stunts are real. Um, the watch that Murphy does the countdown with was hmm. actually belonged to the director <laughs> and said, this looks better. Um, than whatever they had before and said, why don't you just use my watch, which they did for each close-up. Um, it is Roy Scheider's ha- hand, though. So, you know, it's okay. just like... Um, since the LAPD... No, I don't think not... he's that expensive. He needs a stunt hand. Who knows? You've got to... Roy Scheider's got, like, leathery skin. You know, it's sun, it's sun-drenched brown leathery skin. I mean, you see that in Jaws. I mean, Although... Boy. There is a stunt hand in Ferris Bueller's day off because Cameron, when he's in bed at the start of the movie, yes, that's right. There's a hand that switches the alarm clock thing off, isn't there? And yes. that's actually—is that the director's hand? Because he shot that hand, yeah. afterward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Very good. Mm. Uh, go back and listen. We do cover that and many other things in our Ferris Bueller <laughs> um, podcast. Please go back and listen to that. Um, since the LAPD did not want themselves mentioned in the film, they invented a fi- fictional Astro Division. Um, the real helicopter division of the LAPD is the Air Support Division. Um, however, most of their missions are known as Astro, which stands for Air Support to Regular Operations. Thanks for go. that. And lastly, two Blue Thunders were used during production of the movie um, and later in the short-lived Blue Thunder TV series. Afterwards, one of them was used in an episode on MacGyver. Two were used as Russian attack helicopters in the movie America. And one of the helicopters was featured in Firefox. I like that because obviously it was built upon. It was a, you know, it was a model of a helicopter. It was a French-made gazelle helicopter. So because the cannon at the front was too heavy, they had to put weights on the back, which is why the back is in ballast, in order for it to actually pass the the ability to go and fly. So, yeah, there you go. Blue Thunder. Not change your score, no? No. I said it, right. Not no. change mine. Um, I may even watch it again tomorrow. I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah, really? I might. Yeah, I might. Who knows? On your birthday? You're not going to have the time. Well, I might have it on in the background. I'm still working tomorrow. 
Hmm. You know, everyone's at, we, Amy's at school. I'm at work. You're at work. It's you know, the fact that the fact that I uh, have a birthday is we're celebrating it in other ways, um, of which some of the contributors to our podcast are coming along. Mm. Yes, we get Dom. I get to see Dom in re, in real life. IRL. IRL, and it's been a while. It has been a while, but I'm looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. Anyway, so did we decide what film we're going to do next? Uh, well, I, thought, we... I thought if we can decide what we're going to do next, then I can put a trailer at the end of it. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. Okay. All don't right. do that. All right. Just a thought. Have you Have you got should, – should we read out you, – you've got a list there. Read out the top three that you'd like to do. We're not going to put it to a vote, but let's let's – Let's have a little discussion. The thing is, I don't know some of these, but... Okay, well, that's why I'm here. Okay, so, uh, The Long Good Friday. Well, we are going to do that, and because uh, yourself and Dom have expressed an interest in that, we're all going to do it together, but not next week, not next time. Apparently, Helen Mirren's in that. Uh, She is. Does she get a kit off? (laughs) Uh, I believe she does, yes. Oh, I was joking. Um... Okay, uh, um, <coughs> Witness. Is that the one with Harrison Ford in? Yeah. Any good? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, no problem. Well, I'm not going to give scores, but I'm not going to... Did you like the Mosquito Coast? It was okay. There you go. There's your answer. Oh. Um... Mm-mm-mm. Tango and Cash. Oh, make that one of the top three. I've not seen it. Yes. Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone, Ray Tango, Gabriel Cash. I think I we'll do that then. Oh, so we're going no further? No. Okay. Tango That's and Cash. The next one. I could do it with a bit of an uplift. Oh, I, I, I yeah. I, I, that will definitely uplift. That will definitely uplift. Tango um, and Cash next. Not in a surgical way either. Do you think about it is, I chose Blue Thunder, and obviously it shows because of the scores. I chose Blue Thunder, and I said, you choose the next one. We, we, we discussed that before the podcast, and you read out some of the, some of the choices it's going to be. And I was like, mm. I really hope, oh, I really hope it's going to be Tango and Cash. And it is. And it's like, if I had the choice myself. So guess what? I get the choice back after that. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Very nice. Anyway, you can find us on Facebook at Rusted Joke. Just type it in. There's nobody else that is ludicrous enough to call their page Rusted Junk except us for a brief reference in the movie Leviathan. I think that's quite cool. You like Rusted Junk? Yeah, I think it's it's quite cool that we're quite unique in that that sense. Yeah, that you can go and even even type it into Google. There's no such thing. We don't need to pay for Google advertising. If you type in Rusted Junk Podcast, we're number one. I, I forgot which one it comes up. There's a default one that it comes up with. I'm not sure it's Running Scared. I can't remember, but it would explain why Running Scared's getting getting a lot. One of our podcasts is on the, um, the cusp of being the first podcast listened to 200 times. Really? Yeah. It's your favourite and mine. It's not Prancer, is it? No. It's it's uh, Doug Masters goes to rescue his father in the S16 
Oh, no. Chappy Sinclair. But weirdly, I, I mean, I, from memory, the others chomping at, chomping at the, the heels of Iron Eagle uh, are less than zero, God knows why, because I thought it was obscure enough. I mean, I love the film. I really do. Um, but I thought it was obscure enough. Um, less than zero, Breakfast Club, um, Rocky Four, Running Scared, again, God knows why. Um, and when we did uh, Rocky versus Drago. Um, oh, well, that's quite topical, though, isn't it? It was topical for the time, time, yeah. So, yeah, we're getting there. We just, we're, we're, anyway, we, we're going to find some ways. We'd love your feedback. We're trying new things all the time. You can see that I've revamped this. I'm no longer, you know, I've got like a little studio up here. Um, I hope everybody gets the reference of what this license plate is. But anyway, if you if you're listening on audio, maybe you go and tune in and tell me. I'm, I might, I don't know, might think of a prize. Unless you're a German, no, I was about to say unless you're a German listener, because it might be hard for you to get things out to you. But no, if you guess it, and we'll put you in a hat. And if you win, then you might win a prize. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, I spread the word. You know, we're going to try new things. Suggestions are welcome. Films are welcome. As long as they fit the theme, which is cops and robbers, I think this will be a long season, but I think it'd be a good season. Um, so with that, I'm going to say thank you very much. For Thank you for listening. Um, please keep supporting us uh, and spreading the word. But I'm going to say thank you very much and cheerio. Doodle pip. Bye. <laughs>